the accountants working in those CAS divisions, I think are having much more enjoyable professional roles where they're working with interesting clients on interesting problems, the bookkeeping is getting done, but actually where they add real value is is helping the clients on that advice side. So I, I actually think it's just been interesting to see that sort of switch in mentality around the tax accountants that have gone into the bookkeeping client accounting services, and they're just much happier. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Strategy in the Virtual Controller, where we talk all things accounting, bookkeeping, helping accounting and bookkeeping firms, businesses, really focus in on what they want to do, what they enjoy doing, and build an intentional business, and hopefully avoid some of the distractions that are out there. The whole Strategy in the Virtual Controller name comes off a great book by David Meister, Strategy and the fat smoker and a great read if you are looking for one of those business books. Strategy in the Fat Smoker is a great read. But today, Penny, we're sort of coming to the tail end of tax season V1 or the first tax season. How's it been? You sent me an email to say that you've actually had more requests for your bookkeeping services over tax season than any than ever before. So yeah. what's the background there? Well, we've got a lot of taxes we're doing. The tax team is like exhausted, but the bookkeeping team, which typically slows down. So see, you know, it was like, I'm going to stop taking clients, you know, about November of last year. And I made the mistake of taking somebody at the last minute, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it, it, worked, it worked out. It worked out. I mean, they got their act together and we got our act together and it all worked out. But then typically like I booked a time with a family event back eight months ago. I booked it for this much. And it was like, okay, I can leave by March 18th because realistically everything that I need to do, track and organize is in the shoot. And I have connectivity wherever I'm at. So it'd be minimal amount of my time. Plus, my two people here in the U.S. can handle a lot, right? Jesus. That didn't work out real well. <laughs> that was like, you know, I was sitting there and I'm going, I'm sorry, I, you know, to my family. I'm going, ordinarily, I would not be busy this week. And in eight years, I'm not busy this week. Wow. And I onboarded two firms that are going to start April 1st because you know, we'll be done with tax season and and our bookkeeping teams should be freed up from all of the corporate stuff. And that is the case. They're freeing up on the corporate stuff, which is not uncommon. But it's interesting that these are companies, they have a traditional CPA firm, which, you know, you do see them trying to do that. And so when they call me, like I always check out their website first and like, oh, you really are interested in doing CAS. You're going to keep the books live. You're going to have somebody in there all the time. And in these two cases, that's exactly at these two firms. They're like, everything's going to be reconciled up until the end of February. 
So that's interesting, Penny. So before you take on the, uh, and particularly now, given, you know, taking on clients in busy season, you, you want to make sure that they're good, that they have the potential to be good clients. So you went to their website. Well, yeah. What did you see on their website? Well, one of- thing, it was much more modern than mine because I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, Money Penny you know, LLC, ladies and gentlemen, Money Penny LLC. I, have, I mean, it's, there's a whole new one out there and it's like, it's been waiting for you to like, finally like review it. And I'm going, okay. okay yeah. like, I don't give a shit shouldn't say that. But in this instance, yeah, I do go to their website because I want to see what they say they are. Plus, you know, if somebody tells me they do CAS and their website looks like it was built in 2000. Yeah. They're flipping not doing CAS. And maybe we circle back to what is CAS and how are firms actually defining it? Because I, I actually think for the first time, firms are being much more specific and much more intentional with what is included in their CAS umbrella, which I think has been a big challenge previously. But yeah, so sorry, Penny, let's come yeah, back. I, no, I asked them. I asked, yep. what do you mean by CAS? Yeah. What do you mean? So I'll say, you know, how backed up is this bookkeeping business of yours? You know, and- there's more and more of it's really current as opposed to more and more of, well, we've got a lot of cleanup work for you to do. And at the same time, I got this email from out of the blue from a client who's just a consultant client, doesn't outsource with us. He just hires me to do go do consulting for him. And he had, we had gone to lunch about a month ago and he said, you know, I'm buying another firm. I'm probably going to want to now start utilizing you in a different way. And I went, that's fine. I said, you know, and then I said, so what's your application? Which GL do you, are you going to focus on? You know, which, oh, well, you know, we're not there yet. And I went, well, okay, <laughs> it's going to be a while then. And then he, he emailed me. He's probably going to listen to this too. And he's going to know what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> He emailed me something about he had to do something with the QBO file and how much he hated QBO. And he really thinks it's stupid that they're going to kill the desktop and all this stuff. And it's just not as efficient. And I emailed him back and I said, you know, it's funny. Even my team said that when I tried to push them into QBO back in the early 2000s. Well, not too early. 2005 was direct, but, you know, back in like, you know, 10, 2012, like stop looking at this, stop getting noticed. And now they love it. They like it over yeah. the desktop. So we're going back and forth in email and going, this is tax season. Why are you doing this? And I said, you know, one of the problems you have is controlling the flow of data, the data getting dammed up. And in a desktop file, it's going to, because the client is, they're not typically the ones, and this is anecdotal, but anecdotal of 35 years experience that those folks are going to be less likely to be the ones who are going to give you access to the information that you need at the moment you need it. And to get it into desktop, exactly. Whereas in that cloud environment with the API, yeah. you you connect it once, in theory once, you'll probably have to reestablish those connections at various points in times. But then the data flows. I mean, it goes yeah. back. To and then I said, and he goes, well, well, you know, the uh, reporting's not the same. And I go, well, you know what? You've only looked at an individual QBO file. You haven't looked at QBOA. I know because you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk to you about it. You don't know about the extra tools we have. And excuse me, but do you not export stuff out of desktop into Excel? Anyway, and what reports are you looking at? I know, really. I mean, really, come on, come on. I know what your business is. You're doing basic financials, and I'm sorry, but what's more important the speed, the timeliness? Yeah. And the timeliness are the fact that you don't want to learn something new. Or the fact that it doesn't have this random report that you go into once. Yeah, because you've already customized it. Oh, I got another one like that where. (laughs) 
They refuse to leave because they have all these custom reports already built. Well, you can do the same thing over here. Yeah. And you could get a lot better connectivity. And so anyways. But actually, it's not a really good point, though, because there you've got sort of three prospective clients, two websites are looking really good there. And the conversations you're having with them are about timeliness and real-time flow of information and technology doing the heavy lifting. And then the third prospective client, you're sort of still trying to get them on the QBO or the cloud bus. And so sometimes it's like that bus has, or that train or whatever you want to say, has left the station. So come on, jump on board. (laughs) Jump on board. Yeah, I know. So, and then opposite, there's a guy here that for the last 15 years. I've always helped him at the end of the year. It doesn't make any money. He's a a coach and he coaches kids on track and stuff like that. And he does it for the love of the game, but he still has to file a tax return because he has an LLC. And so at the end of the year, he'll go, will you just go in and like fix all my mistakes? Cause I don't know how to reconcile. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that for you. And he's a really nice guy. And so he's like emailing me today. He goes, hey, my tax accountant said they couldn't possibly do my tax return because of this huge amount and ask Dan. And I went, yeah, it's in there because you wrote physical checks and you did not tell me who you wrote them to and what they were for. (laughs) And he goes, well, why did you do that? And I go, because you're the only one who knows what you wrote it for. I I don't know what you wrote them. There's no description. There's nothing. (laughs) And so he goes, oh, okay. If I tell you, will you fix it and resend him? I said, why don't you just tell the tax accountant direct? And he goes, oh, he wants you to do it because, you know, that's not what he does. Or or it'll, it'll, it'll... (laughs) we're on video now my goodness Um, well you know he's really old and he only does his older clients anymore and I went oh it's a good thing I like you (laughs) well at least he didn't say because he's going to charge me a fortune for it and you won't so at least that wasn't the response no 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 that was never been the case you just you know it's okay but there is the full spectrum of of people out there and it's still that way and it's kind of like you know, AI and AI is great if you're at a corporation where there are defined rules and parameters on how you do everything. Now take a small business and by small business, I mean 250 employees less. And now go ahead and put all those parameters in that business and the robots might work. But that doesn't happen because somebody pays something with PayPal and then they turn around and they do a write a paper check. And even though you want them to do it this way, well, I was in a hurry. So I used Venmo and, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay. I used a a personal card or I used. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I put that personal expense on my business card, you know, like, so, and that's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with this particular world. And a lot of people are still doing very well using the robots to help them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, faster and better and and to do it with and add their own context. But it was really weird that yeah, I mean, I'm actually po- looking at their websites when they call now and going, okay, well, at least they're interesting from that aspect. Now I'll talk to you. That sounds very uppity of me. No, no, but- no. I think it's a good point. I mean, whether you're Actually, as a part of your client selection criteria for an accounting firm, if they're a business and whatnot, should be to go on and have a look at their website, go on and have a look at the business reviews and see what see what 
they say about themselves, see what their customers say about them. So there's no reason why that shouldn't be a part of your actual client selection criteria before you do take on a business client. So I think that's actually a really good point. And again, particularly in this CAS world, where I think accountants are getting hammered left, right and center by everyone saying you've got to do it. And so therefore, yes, they're taking this first step to say we want to do it. But actually, there's a whole lot that has to take place before I want to do it and I'm set up to do it isn't there. So that is that said exactly that where the people in the cast division actually there was three women in this group and they actually walked in and said we're not going to do this if you're going to pull us back into the tax season in the middle of the year because mm. it's not tenable and it just doesn't work that way and they have become and they've got some pretty interesting convoluted clients and very you know but they're doing it they're doing it and what they're spending their time on now now that they've got their process down is what they're going to train us on their process. And they do it, you know, after the first Zoom meeting, I'm like, okay, you guys all have your jobs. Now I'm leaving. Call me if there's a problem. But they've done an excellent job at that. The one thing they lack is really good workflow and tracking. So that's where I'll I've jumped back in and I'm going to help them with that. But as you were saying about the three team members that were like, I we're not going to do this if you're going to drag us back into yeah. the tax world. I was just thinking that previously you know, five, 10 years ago, accountants looked down their nose at doing the bookkeeping for account for their clients. Whereas I actually, the firms that I visit that have these quite good CAS divisions, the accountants love it. They're not doing those crazy tax seasons that they used to do. They're not deadline driven. It's not this mad rush on March 14, March 15. I even, you know, some firms are heading down to the the airport to catch the final mailing and all this type of stuff for paper returns. The accountants working in those CAS divisions, I think are having much more enjoyable professional roles where they're working with interesting clients on interesting problems, the bookkeeping is getting done, but actually where they add real value is, is helping the clients on that advice side. So I, I actually think it's just been interesting to see that sort of switch in mentality around the tax accountants that have gone into the bookkeeping client accounting services, and they're just much happier. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're a lot happier. They have better relationships. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, the relationship becomes more sticky because of your taking on not only am I going to close out your books and discuss what all that means with you every month, but you've taken on the job. And I think this is a pretty decent job to have is maintaining the apps. Yeah. You know what? I've been doing this for you. The biggest problem is you, you're in the way. Why don't you just let me take this over, you know, and show them how they can track and they can see what you're doing and all that because they want that security and that's yeah. good. Yeah. And then, you know, just let me just do this because then the only time I'm talking to you is about what about you, not about what I need from you. So yeah. Another example that just here in Australia was work an accounting firm. And in similar vein, accounting firms typically look down their nose at payroll. Whereas this firm has gone from a very traditional tax compliance-based firm, seeing their clients two, three times a year tops, introduced payroll and really focused in on one process, one platform and, and whatnot. But what's actually happened is they're now seeing they're interacting with their clients on a weekly 
bi-weekly, monthly basis, which has actually unlocked a whole host of other things. That, and, sure. and, and actually, now they're looking at the client advisory, client accounting services, not bookkeeping and all that type of stuff. But they started with payroll. And uh, again, it's just been this unlocking the relationship. So the partner and the business owner, they're not necessarily meeting every week to run through payroll and all that type of stuff. But someone in the firm is interacting with someone in the business on a weekly basis, fortnightly sure, basis. Now you're top of mind all the time. All the time. Yeah, exactly. And from that has opened up a wealth of value add opportunities for them. And that wouldn't have happened in their tax world where they see the client once for the return, once for tax planning, and and maybe another time because of a a special assignment. No, and everybody in the company knows who you are. So when you call, you get right to what you need, (laughs) you know? Yeah, payroll, Um, yeah. (laughs) You are going to get right to what you need, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, this is the person to make the chicks fly. Okay, (laughs) yeah, get them to the boss immediately, yeah. Yeah, so Penny. If we sort of come back, so basically, you're seeing the demand. So you're seeing the demand for client accounting services in in your business more than ever before. Basically, the pennies drop, so to speak. That you can't actually go out and offer client advisory, client accounting advisory services, bookkeeping services, whatever you want to call it without actually having thought through that, hang on, what happens in busy season? What happens in tax? If we haven't actually set up this business properly, our whole, everything that we've done will fall over if we haven't really thought through how is this going to work between January Yeah, if we're using a tax workflow system that is built to do tax returns once a year, It's not going to very well get over into the CAS world where you're contacting clients for a multitude of reasons. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot of different things. And so it was surprising to me that this happened this year. Obviously, it took me by surprise. Well, I was (laughs) part of the family, but it was a good surprise. I mean, you know, it's a great surprise. And you're right about they're not as busy. So like, the bookkeeping teams in our office, I can see them logging out when I come up on in the morning and I could see them logging out and I could see the tax teams. They're staying in for a couple. They're still in. (laughs) And they're pretty tired when you talk to them on Zoom. And, and I do, I feel bad for them. And, you know, so, but they're just getting inundated. And also, you know, we have to deal with the fact that we can see how things are load leveling, at least when a client is really good with CAS and the data is flowing through. I mean, it's just easy work. It's yeah. Easy. Whereas I think the tax thing, you, if the information. I don't mean easy in the mind, but I mean. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. But level, the watching the work go through, the managing capacity and all that type of stuff. Whereas, whereas in the tax world, we are still very reliant on getting all of that information before we can. We can certainly yeah, start and, you know, things, humans, finalizing and getting it to review. So if we don't actually have good process and we don't have those relationships with clients where we're talking well in advance and collecting information well in advance, then yeah, you, you're going to be up against that deadline, aren't you? Our clients, accounting firms getting better at getting yeah, that Yeah, I definitely, yes. I've seen a huge amount of improvement and understanding and knowing that their customers or their clients and customers are aware of this too. So, I mean, you know, like the guy, the running coach, you know, he's, mm-hmm. and he's a one-off. Everybody else is just like, here it is, here it is, here it is, you know, 
And in fact, I got a call from a client that asked me to take him on when I didn't really want to. Maybe this way. But anyways, you know, he called me, goes, I think I'm going to hire a CPA. He said he can take care of my bookkeeping. I went, oh, good. Here, let me switch the master rights over right now. Because he never responded. He never responded. So I just stopped. I stopped asking. Yeah. I just let it go. I mean, because it's like, you know something? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And he went to somebody else and I was just, I sat down with my brother and had a beer and watched a game, a basketball game. Went, he goes, what happened? I said, something great. Let's have another beer. So, yeah, exactly. It's something great. <laughs> exactly. Three hours of my life back. Um, yeah, really. And, 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 yeah, and, 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 and a whole lot of heartache down the line. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I think that it goes both ways that I think that, you know, we want to look for uh, firms bookkeeping firms, accounting firms that tech savvy, that understand what it is they're trying to sell us, follow through with it. And then we want clients who understands what we're doing for them and they follow through on their part too. I was presenting a seminar yesterday and it was actually one of the older gentlemen in the room and he put up his hand and he said, Damien, this has been the second year that I've culled clients that I've gotten rid of those clients that don't reply in a timely manner. They're slow to pay. They complain about the bill. Geez, I wish I did it 10 years earlier because it's just freed me up to to really focus on those clients that I like, those clients that value what we do. And actually it's freed me up to get out and hustle, to get out and sell and bring in some new clients. And I forgot how much I loved getting out and pitching and talking to prospective clients. <laughs> so I think there was his sort of, and by older, he, he sort of, I think he's got some good years left in him in his firm, but yeah, it was- just Oh, like, really? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but that's true. I mean, like if you go out and you see new clients and you get new ideas and it reinvigorates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again and you're dealing with the same stressors all and you don't feel like you've made any headway. And, you know, that's one of the things that I remember reading this article probably about 10, 15 years ago about the new generation of millennials that like that are very goal oriented and they want to be told, they want to see completion. They want to see a task done to completion. And I see it with my team when they get frustrated, when they say it's been sitting there for four months and they haven't responded to us. But that happens. And is that because it's on extension until September 15? And so therefore they're. No, I'm not talking about the old school bookkeeping too. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 No, we're, you know, done the work and it didn't get reviewed for four months. Wow. You know, and then they come back and they go, why did you do this? And you go, well, let me go take a look at that. (laughs) Let me see what I was doing four months ago. (laughs) But, you know, so yeah, I've seen that happen and those kind of clients are becoming less and less. I don't know if it's because we're training them better or if it's just because I think the accounting industry has morphed in this arena that I work in anyways. I think you are seeing, I think you are seeing sort of quite a divergence of firms. You are seeing the traditional old school paper and there's plenty of examples of that in, in the US, Canada, Australia. There's plenty. Yeah. But actually starting to really see a number of 
more modern, I, I guess, modern tech, tech-led, tech-enabled, service-oriented, and th- those firms. And I think it is a real divergence. And you do, I was at a couple of trade shows and conferences last week, and, and there is a split in the room. You can see it's not as like left, the cool kids are on the left and the old, the laggards are on the right, but you definitely see the difference between the firms. You see a difference in the types of questions they're asking. You see a difference in their demeanor. And it's amazing to see there are smiling, fun-loving accountants in that room. And then there are also people that are dreading the looming end of financial year here in Australia in June because it's compliance heavy, it's paper heavy, it's manual, it's clients complaining, clients slow to get information to you. So it's a real divergence, I think, in the industry or the profession. And I think it's an interesting and exciting time. And I know we've been banging on about this for 15 plus years. It's certainly a little bit longer. Yeah. Feels longer. <laughs> well, you know, I remember one time we worked with this guy, Wayne Harding, and I took him out to the lake in Alcoa. We had a boat and, and we were out there at the boat club and stuff. And, you know, we were partying pretty good. It was summertime and had a crew from India there with me, teaching them how to jet ski and swim and all that stuff. And it was fun, but he was a flipping riot. And I'm going, oh my God, you are not the account. You're not the accountant I expected. He goes, don't you know what CPA stands for? I said, what? And he goes, certified party animal. <laughs> but you know what? He was also one of the first accountants I met that acted and thought like that, where it was like, I'm only going to do what I want to do, which what fits into my wheelhouse or my desires and, you know, occasionally you can do stuff you don't want to do. But if you're what you're doing is stuff you don't want to do every day, nobody wants to work with you. Nobody wants to work for you. And nobody wants to go and take you out on their boat and get wild and crazy with margaritas and jumping off cliffs. So- <laughs> and I think more that there is so much work out there. There is so much demand for good quality bookkeeping, good quality accounting, good quality tax advice good quality business advice. There is so much demand out there that, yeah, If I guess it's up to you, the business owner, to make that decision about what you want to do in life and come back to, to chapter one of it's not just the numbers. There's the, the plug for the book, which you can get over at, where can you get it? Oh, CPA Treadlines. Oh, that's it. <laughs> CPA Treadlines.com. I had to go read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it comes back to what is it that you want to do? And I know a lot of practitioners, they started their business and they basically said anything. They said yes to anything through the front door. But again, whether you're, you've sure, been, did, yeah. been in practice for 20 years, practice for two years, now's the time to really think about what it is you want to do when you grow up, as you come out of tax season, what's going to be different. And as I said, I think there's a tremendous opportunity out there to play a much more significant role in a select few of your clients' businesses and, and whatnot. So I think it's an exciting time. Yeah, I do. And I think if you have a good, strong team behind you, they give you that space that you can cherry pick what you want to work on. You can always find somebody's uh, what somebody, one person hates to do, another person likes to do and enjoys it. So if you could have, you know, in this world where nobody, everybody says nobody wants to work and it's hard to hire people and, you know, don't make it Nasty Again, path. if we think about these two, this divergent path, some firms are finding it very difficult to hire people. And Other some firms, firms are not. 
not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think the other thing as well is as you're coming out of tax season, I know you've got April 15 still to go, but... Except um, in California. <laughs> so what's in California? April? Uh, oh, no, we don't even have to file extensions. Oh, really? Wow. It's considered a disaster state. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Well, uh, all the flooding and, and uh, flood, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> my son said the snow. He went up two days ago. He just came back a little bit ago. He goes, "My God, there's so much snow up there." And he grew up in Wyoming. And he goes, "I've never shoveled so because in Wyoming you have to shovel because your truck go right through the dry snow." But here it's a little wet. <laughs> is that sort of like Southern California, like Big oh, Bear and stuff? Is it always? Yeah, it never rains in Southern California, but when it does, it pours. But Northern California has got it too, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, Penny, let's close out there. And actually, I will sort of circle back to one other comment that you made earlier about one of your clients. That, and they they identified and they said, we want to do this. We want to get into CAS, but we're not ready yet. And we've got some work to do internally on defining what it is we're offering and all that type of stuff. So, I, again, I think a lot of people will tell you, you've got to get into CAS. A lot of people will say that's where all the money is being made, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not as easy as flicking on a CAS switch and away you go. There's a lot of prep work that has to be done. There's a lot of thought that needs to be given into you defining what. And maybe maybe we'll jump in next episode and talk about how different firms are defining their CAS offering. Because once you've got that, then you can actually start building all the other, sure. all the other pieces have- of the puzzle. We have a couple of different firms that are kind of doing it in unique ways for them and utilizing some unique tools. So yeah, we could do that. Perfect. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. For those lucky enough to be watching on YouTube, I hope you've enjoyed seeing us (laughs) or not. (laughs) Anyway, let us know. (laughs) Maybe not on the reviews, but drop us a line via LinkedIn. You can find Penny Breslin on LinkedIn, me, Damien Greathead on LinkedIn. If you are looking to find out more about any of Penny's consulting or outsourcing services, moneypennyllc.com. And you can hit me up on LinkedIn as well if you're looking for any help in redefining the purpose of your firm and getting some insights into, into what other firms are doing. More than happy to, to help on that front. All so, sizes. Jamie has got them. And yeah, that's the other thing. It's sole operators up to yeah. sort of not big. I have done some work. No, you've, you've got some pretty yeah. hefty resume there on that. Yeah. So um, let us know what we can do. And if you have enjoyed today's episode, please give us a review. Please give us a rating on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Penny, always a pleasure. Right. Really good to see you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.